London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a uh, Tuesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. You can also listen uh, there as well. We appreciate, Trent and I do, uh, you carving out some of your morning to spend it here with us as we talk sports for the next couple of hours right up until noon. The BMW of Des Moines guest list, a lot of basketball, as one would imagine. Uh, coming up at 1025, Gary Rima, the voice of the Panthers, before... Uh, the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament begins in, well, a couple of days. Gary, well, not for them, but uh, Gary Rima will join us. He'll be at the awards banquet. One of the uh, uh, Panthers, I'm assuming A.J. Green, is going to be awarded the Larry Bird Trophy at that banquet. Uh, but we'll do that. We'll do the tournament uh, with Gary. Uh, talk about uh, how they're looking at Selection Sunday. Run a couple of different scenarios by him. Uh, Gary Rima, 1025. Uh, Shelby Mast, our bracketologist in his regular spot. Spot to Tuesdays at 10.45. You can see his updated bracket every morning. He's got it updated by 6 a.m. our time. Shelby Mask, and that's bracketologist at 1045. Uh, the color analyst for Iowa State, both football and basketball, Eric Heft, will join us at uh, 11 o'clock. We will take a look at Senior Day up at uh, Hilton as West Virginia pays a visit as the Cyclones uh, will honor a couple of outgoing seniors. The Hawkeyes will do so as well, and Wade Looking Bill uh, will join us at 1125 to preview uh, Iowa and Purdue. A chance to write the... Was, the, was it the worst game of the year for for Iowa? Oh, I think. Well, it, was it that or was it DePaul? DePaul since that early? one was in Carver. No, because at the time we didn't think that Iowa had a pulse. That's very true. And they very quickly proved us wrong. So I think it's the Purdue game. That one was ugly. It got out of hand right away. 2 nothing lead for the Hawkeyes. And then? <laughs> they get they blew the lead, Trans. What Eight, they did. 18 straight out of Purdue. And the they route couldn't was hold on. It. They couldn't hold <laughs> the lead. <laughs> no, the two-point lead was not enough right. for the Hawks in that one. Well, good to talk to you. I enjoy our doing the show obviously with you every day mm-hmm. uh this is what are you what are you what do you want from me nothing at all oh, okay. nothing at all uh but it's a busy time yes I got 10 minutes to talk to you beforehand usually <laughs> that's a little bit longer that we have time and we don't really put together a show we that's not what we do we don't have things scripted out per se especially this first segment but just nice to converse with you but i had somebody uh stop me right when as i was going into wells fargo yesterday mm-hmm. uh it was a cop one of the people on duty there oh, and said Hey, I hear you checking in. Uh, what's your name? He just heard KXNO. I said, yeah. I'm Trent. And he, hey, I love your guys' show. Love what you guys do. And it's good to hear that for every Absolutely. once in a while and, and hear that I wish from there people. was more of it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, really nice. So thank you to him and thanks to all the listeners out there. It's every day for these two hours. It's the best part of the day. Yeah, it goes by pretty fast. Yeah. Is it not? No question about that. You're going to take tomorrow off, and then you're going to, we're going to take, well, I'm going to take Thursday off, as you're mm-hmm. going to be busy down at Wells Fargo Arena. So give us kind of the lay of the land. Was it a, a busy day down uh, downtown yesterday as far as at Wells Fargo? It was. Uh, it was incredible. The game that I called yesterday. Close the, by the sounds of things. Oh, an, an excellent game. Johnson Southeast Polk. It was back and forth. Uh, an incredible performance from Maya McDermott. She had 30 points. Six rebounds, six assists, six steals. Jeez. She was awesome. 
What, what a line. Yeah. Uh, Dragons are moving on to the semifinals. They get it done down by six in the fourth quarter, but they come back to beat Southeast Polk and move on. So we'll have the Johnston game. They will take on Iowa City City High, 10 o'clock on Thursday. Then at 11.45, Waukee, they rolled past Sioux City East. They're the number one seed. They will get Waterloo West, who came back and got the victory in the 4-5 game. So that'll be the matchups. We'll have both those games here on KXNO with play-by-play. Good. And then the stream will stay active. There'll yes. be no Iowa Wild to knock <laughs> right. you off. from. That was weird that they played. Well, it's one of the school. Now, they were out west. Right. And it was a school day event. Mm-hmm. Uh, where were they? Stockton? I think they were that in Stockton. Right. Yep. Uh, anyways. All right. So lots to get to here this morning. Uh, by the way, before we get into the basketball, uh, the Marquee Network, I wasn't sure, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. We, no, no, nobody was. What's this going to be like? Have they you know, bitten off the more than they can chew? And uh, is there going to be growing pains? Yesterday was really good, Trent. And where I'm going, and I'm sure you've heard it, uh, the audio, well, I know you've heard it, mm-hmm. uh, the audio between uh, Rizzo. Rizzo was mic'd up. Bryant was mic'd up. Um, look, they're not going to be able to do this during the 162, but during <laughs> the month of March? Why not take us behind the scenes, right? Why not? Uh, why not... Let the audience share in some of the banter that's actually going on, and do so in in because uh, we've seen athletes mic'd up before, right? But they don't, that's not live, and that's probably a well, good we've thing. We've seen it in all star games. Well, that's true. That's true. But that's also an exhibition. True. Uh, as with this was yesterday, but boy, this was good yesterday. Rizzo was terrific, was he not? He was unbelievable. I have the audio here for people that missed it. Just listen. Think he is at the plate talking to the commentators. He is conversing while getting ready to turn on a. 95 mile an hour fastball. It just, it's absolutely incredible. And his line, uh, you just got to listen to it. Here it is. I'm doing some math in my head what he's going to throw. What do you got? I have no idea. <laughs> I wish I knew. Someone banged for me. <laughs> That's great. That is great. Taking a shot at the Astros. I'm a heater right here because I've only seen one today from him. Oh, oh, oh. I'm going to go to her. No, I'm not. Wow. That's good math. Nice work. Glad the math kicked in at some point. There it was. I'm feeling the heater because I haven't seen one, and he just smoked one to right center, a little line drive shot. And then he decides as he's as he's midway through, getting round uh, rounding first. I'm going to go for two. No, I'm not. That was really good. good he's stuff. awesome. Yeah, it's, he's it's the face terrific. of this team. I, yes, yes, he, he is for sure. Bryant, maybe you can argue, is more talented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Rizzo is the guy. He mm-hmm. is somebody that I think comes. He's just been so well embraced, and he. Does everything that you kind of if want. If you could only keep one, that would be an interesting topic. Yes. Yeah, you have to get rid of one of your uh, corner infielders. Whew. I think it's Rizzo, and I don't think it's close, at least for a couple Keep fans. Rizzo, is yes. that what you're saying? Yes. I think so, too. He's the guy that you're keeping. Yeah, I think so, too. Boy, that's that, that, that's a tough question. I don't know what the right answer is. Well, I think as of uh, recent, here and now, Rizzo is the right answer. Brian's, no doubt. Yeah. Brian's had a bad, not bad by his standards, by terrific by most other people's. Um, Bad couple of years. Anyways, let's get into college basketball from last night. I was in and out of the NC State-Duke game. Okay. Um, I saw enough of it. Uh, I mean, NC State's up 46-44, and then it just went the other way for them. But my takeaway from them last night, Trent, and I don't watch as much Duke for whatever reason, maybe as some other people. I try to find a Big Ten or a Big 12 game um, in Valley if either uh, the Panthers or the uh, the Bulldogs are playing. and. I, for whatever reason, I just I'm, I'm late to the Duke party seemingly every year. And, and yesterday, I don't know if I've ever seen Cassius Stanley, this uh, freshman guard from Los Angeles, as Jay Billis said, 
Because he's so athletic. I mean, mm-hmm. he dunked the basketball last night. The ball it was an alley oop, and it was behind him, and he tomahawked it through the uh, through the hoop just to threw it down. He's had a few of those. This Has year he too? Yeah. I mean, that's what he's known as. He's not a great basketball player. He's a great dunker. Boy, is he athletic. I mean, Jay Billis says there's another. There's an extra step on his ladder. You know, as opposed like to that. yeah, it was a really good line. I thought, and it, it's certainly apropos. He had a couple of minutes in that game that were unbelievable. But the game I, I zeroed in on last night, and it was a really good basketball game. And I'm glad it went to overtime because I hadn't had enough of it. Was the Big Twelve game, Texas Tech, who, you know, they're reeling a little bit. And Baylor comes into this game, um, no vital, vital is out. Mm-hmm. Tristan Clark, he's in street clothes. So you're thinking to yourself, boy, oh boy, this Baylor team. Um, and here's the other thing about this. Did you know that these two guys weren't going to play? Did no, you? I did not. Now, Holly I, Rowe broke the story in her little tease to the game there before the game started. I hadn't heard it before that. I hadn't either. And I was on tech. Seven and a half felt like, eh, this will be a little bit tighter than that. So, so I, when you heard that news, you had to be giddy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm already counting the money, thinking what I'm going to do with that 10 bucks, And all of a sudden, he's not out. And then the game keeps going. And, and then, then it's close. It's oh, been, But I didn't want overtime. Because I've seen that happen too right. many times in right. the past. So you still got the cover, but yeah, I get your point. Yeah, yes. you wanted it to end. Somebody the- finish off mm-hmm. this game in regulation. I don't care who. Just get this thing done. Yeah, you don't care if they win. You just want to make big- <laughs> right. uh, seven and a half is the big magic number for you. But my point being is, we need to know this stuff, Trent. Yeah, we need transparency mm-hmm. because I look at. I'm not saying Holly Rose Betty or anybody that had that information. Yeah. Fran Fraschilla was was adamant that Vital's not going to play in the game. Mm-hmm. He obviously had talked to Scott Drew, and you know he's, he's going to keep these things to himself. But some there's edges to be gained in this, and if we're trying to keep sports wagering on the up and up, this is one of the reasons we need this injury daily report. injury update. Yes, call him questionable, call him out, whatever. Right, whatever. But you, there I don't has need, to be. Yeah, I don't need to know what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if HIPAA is that big of a concern, and it is, and it should be, I get that. Just out, just designate him. Don't have to tell me out with a knee or out with an elbow or whatever. Just he's out. Don't even have to go hockey, upper body, lower body. You don't <laughs> right. don't even have to do that. You're right. Out, questionable, probable. Mm-hmm. Just something. Three designations, very simple, and then you know going into it. Now, will people manipulate it? Of course. Bill Belichick manipulates too, and people in football do the same kind of thing. But as you said, above the board mm-hmm. for these kind of scenarios, this is it's beca- going to drive coaches nuts, Trent. In both it sports. Yeah. Uh, look at Matt Campbell; he'll be the last one. The last guy that wants to do this is Matt Campbell until the edict is handed down. And then you have to do that. Correct. And right now they don't have to do it. And if right. that's part of the gamesmanship, and he wants to, he wants to take that advantage. He's allowed to. So, and, and in football, some college programs do. Northwestern, a lot of them do. Has an injury report. Wisconsin, Wisconsin, same has way. Has an injury yeah. report. That is something that is part, I don't know the reasoning behind it. In fact, put that in, in the back of your mind. When we get to Chicago this summer. 22nd and 23rd, I think, is the dates. I would like to ask both Chris and Fitzgerald the reasoning behind it. Why mm-hmm. Why they do it Why they don't. do it and no other mm-hmm. people don't. Just to, I'm sure they have a solid reason behind sure. it. Sure. Both very well respected and smart coaches. I'd just like to hear the reason, and Couldn't maybe we could get more. more people to buy in to the reasoning behind well, it. Well, two years ago, and I don't think you were there. I think I was there by myself. Um, Delaney brought it up at the press conference yes. that he wanted to go, f- he wanted something in place for this season. Well, that was the 2018 season. We're on the cusp of 2020 and still nothing in place. And here's the thing. I, and I know that, you know, people look at gambling on 
on college sports, and some of them think that that's a line too far. I get it. People on ba- the, the Baylor team certainly know, knew that Vital wasn't going to be ans- able to answer the bell. I'm not saying that they're going to cheat. How about a student manager? I mean, student managers? Yeah. You know, they, they got to know. Uh-huh. Um, you get to a student manager, I think it would be easy to get to a manager as opposed to a player. An athletic trainer. Anything. Anything. The temptation is going to be there. And until there's complete transparency, uh, those questions, I think, are legitimate. Anyways, we'll move on from that. The game itself was terrific. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor wins the game in overtime. T just a couple of massive shots in the extra five-minute period. Gillespie was not good yesterday. Butler, Bandu, I'll tell you, Bandu was the guy that I thought carried this team. Hitting shots all over the oh, place. Oh, my God. Unbelievable for him. Texas Tech's got some athletes. This is a team, this Texas Tech team, even though they're not playing well, and I know that this was kind of the the talking point two or three weeks ago. If you're looking for a team that's going to be in the middle of the seeding, you know, a seven, eight, nine, maybe even a ten. Yep. And you're looking to ride this team for a couple oh, you've already made that play, have you? Well, <laughs> there's two of them. It's the two teams that played the national title game a year ago. Texas okay. Tech, as you mentioned, yeah, yeah. and Virginia. Yeah. Virginia's playing well. You can make the argument this is Tony Bennett's best job. This mm-hmm. team stinks on the offensive mm-hmm. end. They are going to be the first power conference team to make an NCAA tournament with an offensive rating of 200 Jeez. or worse. They're awful on that end of the floor. But as he saw Saturday night against Duke, how do they win games? It is defense. And that's always been Tony Bennett. That's always been his teams. But they've gone to another level here. They're playing with the Twin Towers out there. they got a couple of big guys. They're not fun to watch, no. but they're the same team. And just like you said with Texas Tech, and you're one seed, and all of a sudden you see in the 8-9 game, right. Baylor, or excuse me, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, or Virginia sitting there waiting for you in the round of 32, mm. yuck. That is the last draw right. you want to have. With that tournament resume behind mm-hmm. them, the fact that they're tournament tested. And Two excellent up. coaches. Ah, good point. You, you don't want to see. I'm looking forward to talking to Shelby Mass, and we'll do so uh, in a half an hour. Senior day tonight in Ames. Uh, also tonight, obviously in Iowa City. They both tip off at the same time, which is a little bit disappointing. But um, and there's another good game at eight o'clock that I would no. Is w- there what I normally would have been interested in, and then I saw it and I said, well, there's no chance I'm going to probably see a minute of it. What? Oh, it was Texas at Oklahoma. Oh, there you go. I was interested to see that one. Mm -hmm. Now, the Big Ten's good early, right? Isn't there uh, Maryland Rutgers tonight and Penn State who? Penn State, Michigan Michigan State? State. There you go. How's that for your Tuesday? That's really good. Spring little Jets Sabres. Oh, well, By the know. way, I, I don't know if I'll do that. You know my love for Connor McCaffrey, right? Yes. And how much we we feel he's so. He got so our important. basketball Valentine for the year. Yes, he did, and and deservedly so. And I think we've already got it kind of in pencil for next year as well. <laughs> so we were talking at the end of the show on Friday, right? And you were talking, well, what are you going to watch? Blah blah blah. And I said, well, I got to watch the Oilers and the Jets. And I started to say, and I didn't start to say, I I, I wanted to say. I got to watch it. It's my team against the best player in all of hockey, Connor McCaffrey. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I had two calls as soon as I got off the air. He says, he does a lot of things, but I'm not sure he can even skate. He might. But I wouldn't I, put it past him. I had Connor McCaffrey on the brain. Of course, McDavid, it's Connor McDavid. McCaffrey, yeah. McCaffrey, I'm going to get it still. Close enough. Close enough. The but, Connors. Yeah, the Connors. So, yeah, it's a great night of college basketball tonight for absolute certain about that. So, uh, saying goodbye to some seniors tonight uh, Michael Jacobson, Ryan Creener, and of course, the two uh, transfers that have come into the program, Evelyn for Iowa um, and um, uh, Prentice Nixon, uh, Colorado State transfer for Iowa State. So, those four will be honored uh, in their respective gyms tonight. 
prior to the uh, prior to tip off and boy Kreener, what a story huh where's, yeah where's tell me his story where where's um what's he gonna do here's what I'm thinking I'm kind of thinking out loud here sure what's he gonna do after graduation do you know he's I, an Iowa kid right I don't know I mean he he's got some goofiness to him I think yeah. he would be you know how guys that play athletics in the state go on to do pharmaceuticals those kind of sales yeah I think he'd be a great rep at that do you think he can Bounce around for three, four years over in Europe. And I don't know. Make a little bit of money over there, too. I don't know. Get a jump start on things. It's at least a possibility, I'm what, sure. What I'm thinking is I'm thinking selfishly. I'm thinking oh. maybe you and I could use Ryan. We, but look, we, we, um, we probably uh, impose on Wade Looking Bill from week to week, right? We, we do a lot with him. I just want, because I think Kreener would be terrific on the radio from what I've heard in uh, interviews and stuff like that. Uh, he certainly uh, got a great sense of humor and is so close to this basketball team. I just wonder if he's going to stay in the state, because if that is the case, maybe you and I uh, might be able to take advantage of that fortunate break, if that's if, if indeed he does, I don't know what he's doing. I have no idea what courses he's taking, uh, what he wants to do after graduation. But I think he's uh, he'd, he'd be good at that. He certainly had a terrific month of February as the sand started to go out of him. Both him and Jacobson to be to be uh, to give Michael Jacobson some love too, because Jacobson and Creener they kind of mirrored each other in this respect. That they, you know, the calendar turned to February, and and by far and away, uh, Michael Jacobson is playing his best basketball of his senior season, and Ryan Creener's ratcheted up as well. You know, the, here here we are, another two examples of seniors that are running out of eligibility, and Jacobson and Creener have been terrific. Yeah, it, it seemingly happens every single year, and there's also when this comes around, and there's a little melancholy, and I'm not talking about the star players because that's what neither of these guys were, but. You remember those great moments. You remember the fun moments. And then it also, man, they're already seniors. Yes, and, and you I have know. that moment, too. And we talk about it more in football just because of the nature of it. It's only 12 games. It feels like it goes even quicker than that. And you're talking about usually 16 to 20 different guys that are going through senior day. And you have more memories because of that. But same thing bounced up there. I was reading couple of articles. Kakert had one mm-hmm. at Hawkeye Report. Also uh, read Mark Emmert's at the Register. And those kind of things. And the memories that you have. And I would forgot about the concussions and just how bad yeah. that was. And maybe there was a possibility his basketball playing career could be over. And how he's come back from mm-hmm. that. And he's, yeah, it, it's, as sports fans, these, these are the moments. And another reason for me that college athletics is so great. Oh, it's unbelievable. Because you know you have 40 years with the guy, and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they're moving on. And it might be selling pharmaceuticals. It might be <laughs> playing in Europe. It might be playing in the pros. But whatever it is, you get those four years to get those memories with the players. Yeah, uh, Prom said yesterday that he thinks Jacobson's got a chance to make money playing some basketball. Michael Jacobson, I think, well, this is what I heard, he's following the old man. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Right? I mean, his dad's an orthopedic surgeon. Yeah, he's... Going to go to medical school yes. and, and go that route? Why take a cut and pay from playing college hoops? Get through school and start, yes. you know, start cashing those checks if he, if he's following pops and look, it's, why wouldn't you? Uh, let's get Mark in here. Then we're going to take a break. We're going to talk some Missouri Valley Conference with Gary Rima, the voice of you and I. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the show. I have just a question. I want to. Uh, it's kind of a uh, odd question, but is there a way to know? What Division One school has, you know, gone to the NCAA tournament and lost to the eventual champion? What school has done that the most? So, like, lost to the eventual yeah. champion. Who, who has lost to the eventual mm-hmm. champion 
the most. Uh, there's got to be some data that's there kept does. somewhere. But Maybe that- that's the Shelby Mass question. Maybe I'll ask him before we bring him on here at 1045 if he has that because I know Iowa's had a handful well, in the national mm-hmm. title game way back in San Francisco mm-hmm. a couple of times. Twice to Kentucky and well, we twice know, to Duke. Well, I Iowa State lost to UConn when they cut it down. That Michigan State, Michigan of course, Michigan in the lead State in 2000. Yeah, they... Yeah, it, yeah, they lost to uh, Michigan State. That's right. And UConn, yep. Yeah. So there's a couple there. So why, Mark? Do you, why, why do you why do you want to know if you don't mind me asking, Mark? What are you trying to put together? Um, uh, just just curious. Just because I'm that kind of curious. <laughs> okay. Uh, go, go into the weeds, kind of. Wanting to know that kind of stuff. Well, I'll tell you what. If we hear, if somebody reaches out to us on Twitter, if there's a database that has that information, Mark, mm-hmm. we will uh, uh, we'll try and put it on the air at the same time tomorrow because uh, maybe this is your window of listening. So if we find out, we'll pass that on, Mark. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Yep, thanks. Yeah, good to talk to you. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. I've, I've never heard of that, that where that database what might be. Well, because I've heard both Hawkeye fans and Cyclone fans lament, oh, yeah, and then we lost to the eventual national yeah. champion. It's happened multiple times to both them. It would be interesting to see kind of where they mm-hmm. rate in that pecking order. And they think of other teams that advance deeper, well, a better chance of playing a team that's an eventual national sure. champion. Maybe, you know, just Carolina or Kentucky or Duke or a program like that have similar kind of thought process. This is, it's happened earlier for Iowa outside of those national championship games that I mentioned. But, I mean, during the 90s, and Dr. Tom didn't feel like every year, yes. they'd in the round of 32, yeah. here comes Duke. Right, here comes and Duke, Duke goes on to win the national championship. Mm-hmm. Here comes Kentucky. Kentucky goes on to win the national title. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'll, I'll ask Shelby. He'd be a good one. At the very least, probably could point me in the right direction to take a look and see if I can find that out. Gary Ryma next on the Missouri Valley Conference. Shelby Mast at 1045. Trent and I until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Ken Building. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. In Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Shelby Mass in about 15 minutes. So we talk some brackets with Gannett's Bracketologist right now. We talk the Valley with the voice of the, well, the conference champs, the UNI Panthers regular season championship uh, <coughs> champions. He's Gary Rima as they put the finishing touches on the season uh, at the Knapp Center early evening on Saturday night. Gary, Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. Gary Rima, how are you? Outright. Outright. Missouri Valley. You got to put that in there. We didn't want to share it with anybody. I'm doing great, guys. What a fun year. What a what a great basketball team this you know this this is. Coach Jake's done a fabulous job. And now uh, now it's postseason tournament time. It's that third season. You know, you got non conference, conference and then postseason and you know, here we go, a lot on the line. But uh, what what a great regular season. And how about how they finished it off at Drake? And I think Darren DeVries has a nice ball club this year. They gave us a heck of a run for our money at our place in in early February. But, man, did our guys Mm. put it together on Saturday night in the NAC and win that game going away. 
Gary, a lot of expectations certainly coming into the year. We know at least on the conference level, Missouri State was the preseason pick, but a lot of people thought that the Panthers would be there for the regular season championship. Off this team, though, who came as the biggest surprise to you? We know you know a lot about this team coming into the season, but who was the biggest surprise? Well, uh, personnel-wise, for you and I, I, I would say Austin Fight. I, I just I, I thought Austin could be a difference maker, but I didn't know he would contribute and do as much as he, he did for this team. And, and it's it solidified the fact, TC, that he was the missing piece from a year ago. You know, we had those the guards and and you know Isaiah Brown, the great defender, uh, a year ago. We just didn't have that inside presence. We didn't have somebody that could score it on the block. Uh, we didn't have a guy that could rebound it like Austin Fife. He's he's been just a huge difference maker for this team, and it's why he he just got announced that he was first team All MVC. I don't know if anybody had him on on their preseason All Conference team at the beginning of the year. Everybody was talking about Cameron Crutwig and mm-hmm. and Barrett Benson, the kid that transferred from Northwestern to Southern Illinois. Their big center, but uh, Austin Fife, I, I think hands down. Is the, is the big difference maker for this team this year. There's no way we're where we're at today, 25 and 5, outright Missouri Valley Conference champions without Austin Fife. No, he was terrific. And, and, and the good news pursuant to him is, and a whole bunch of others, they got a whole bunch of eligibility left, too, right? Yeah. I mean, the, this team, I, look, I'm not wishing away this season, Gary, but this team's got a chance to be just as good and maybe better next year. Uh, but we'll save that for another day. Uh, you know what impressed me about the win over Drake as much as anything was the defense that you guys played in that basketball game. That's a season-low 43 points for Drake. And as you mentioned, uh, I'm with you. I think DeVries has got a nice team, a team that's way better most years than the play-in game on Thursday. This team is better than a play-in game, uh, but that's where they yeah. find themselves. But the defense on Saturday was unbelievable. Well, and, and really it's been over about the last 10 days to maybe two weeks that this Panther team has really cranked up the defense to the level that Coach Jacobson wants them to play. They've had some good halves. They've had a half when we played at Evansville. We held them to like 16 first-half points, but then they they came out and got 50 in the second half, and and we had to beat them in a, in a bit more of a high-scoring game. We, we we've had we had a great second half against Southern Illinois at our place, and it seemed like it was from that point on, Ken, that this team has played this really really good defense for the entire game. But to hold that Drake team to 43 points in their house, senior day. And a good ball club, you know. The, I think Liam Robbins, you know, a legit center, seven footer, and I like his guards. I mean, to to do that, it just it it tells you that this team now is bought into the defensive philosophy of Coach Jake. Offensively, I think this team's been really good all year. Ton of weapons. Got to be a hard team to to put a defensive game plan together when you have to face you and I. And then when we play defense like we did. Uh, here over the last 10 days to two weeks, it makes us really, really tough. And, um, you know, and just real quick, you made the comment about next year. I think that's one thing, Ken, that is so key for this UNI basketball team to make it to the NCAA tournament this year. If you can get this young group of guys to get that NCAA tournament experience, get that case, mm. maybe you go get a couple wins, bring that team back. It's what happened in 2009. That younger team got to the dance. They came back in 2010, 
and and made the run to the Sweet 16. So I, I think critical for this young team to, to find their way into the, the field of 68. Gary, of course. 2009, they were knocked out where? Where did they play? On the West Coast, right? Against Purdue? Per, against Purdue, yes. Uh, uh, that Wasn't that out in... Uh, it was on the West Coast. Uh, Oregon, Portland, yeah. maybe? Ah, uh, regardless. By, uh, yeah. Reg- uh, I don't, it doesn't matter. Can't remember. Yeah, I think I think it was Purdue, and I think it was on the West Coast because I think the very next day after you got knocked out, the f bombs dropped. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I think. That's... Oh, hey, no, that's Ken. You're right. You're right because that was that was at the, the with the Rose Garden or whatever out in Portland. Yeah, by Purdue. Right. That was that was Ben that was Ben Jacobson's first NCAA tournament team <laughs> after we went in 06 with Coach McDermott. Then Jake got us there in 09, got beat out in a low-scoring game against Purdue, like 55-52. Yeah. Then that team got back the next year, Oklahoma City, the two big wins, and mm-hmm. the rest is history. Off, on to, that off to St. Louis, and there's Tom Izzo and Michigan State awaiting. Go ahead, Trent. Let's look yeah. uh, for another run here. Of course, ultimately getting there, you win Arch Madness, you get the automatic bid. But if that doesn't happen, Gary, the national people that we have had on, and we've asked this question, pretty much split. About half the people have said you and I still has a really good chance at a large. The other people say not so sure. Looking at quadrant one, quadrant two opportunities that they've had, and, and just not a whole lot of victories in it. State the case: you and I gets knocked off in the semifinals, in the title game, whatever it is. Why the Panthers should be an NCAA tournament team? Eight true road wins is you know that's right up there with with a lot of the best teams in the country with true road wins. You win a regular season outright Missouri Valley Conference title in a league that's ranked the 12th toughest conference in the nation. You didn't share it. You weren't co-champs. You won it outright. You went on the road and won it at uh, top 25 ranked Colorado, who who has stayed solid throughout the year. Um, beating South Carolina on a neutral court, I think that was a good win. We led West Virginia until about the final four minutes also on that neutral court, and Everybody's seen what West Virginia has done this year. Uh, undefeated at home, 16-0 and at home. Uh, I mean, you know, if, and, and I, the other thing is, and I know they don't probably use this, but the, the eye test of this team, guys, you watch this team play. They're a tournament team. It yes. Yep. Yeah, they're an NCAA tournament. They're one of the top 50 or 60 teams in the country. And if they don't get in, it's, it's really a slight of a really good Division One college basketball team and I'm just I've always been in the court of where I would rather see a team like this whether it was you and I or Loyola a few years ago or Wichita State when they had those really good teams and if they didn't get the automatic berth I would rather see a team like that get an at-large berth than somebody that was eight and ten in their conference finished in seventh or eighth place and had 18 or 19 wins yeah they had they had some quality wins, but they got 14 opportunities at quality wins. The Panthers got just a handful of those and, and won some of them. So I just, uh, you know, when you watch this team play and you see A.J. Green and the talent he is and some of the other guys, it just feels like this team is certainly deserving. You know, I, I'm with those, those experts, though. I mean, I, I know what the NCAA committee has done in, in previous years. They have left teams out of the dance like you and I because they got upset or knocked off in their conference tournament. So this team still has work to do, but got to win on Friday, no matter who it is. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you got to get that one. And I think if they get to the semifinals, 
they, they should be a lock to get an at-large. If they get to the championship game and get beat, I think they're I, – I'd, I'd put my house – well, I'd rather put my house on it. My <laughs> wife might not be happy, but um, I, I, I would just be shocked if they were 27-5, and five, got beat in the finals – 27 and 6 and I realize the committee's going to look at us and see us as 25 and 6 if that happens because we do have two non-division 1 wins but man guys this this team is deserving of a a chance to be on the big stage. Oh, you're preaching to the choir, Gary, and I love the way the bracket broke. Well, look, it should, right? You're the number one seed. You're the outright uh, conference champions. Um look, Drake Illinois State you saw Drake this past Saturdays. We just talked about they're going to play at six o'clock, and that's a quick turnaround, as you know, to come back at noon. And then you'd wait. Let's say you get past that one, you certainly will be an overwhelming favorite to do so. The winner of Bradley, Illinois State, would await on Saturday. In your mind, what's the better matchup for you and I? Would they rather see Southern Illinois or Bradley? I, I, guys, I'd say Southern Illinois. Bradley's scary good. They, they, he's got a really nice ball club. That's a team that, that beat us last year in the finals. They've got Elijah Child back. They're playing really well. You know, they, they stumbled in that regular season finale at home, but I think Loyola's got a really, really good basketball team, too. If, if people watch them, you know, they're, they're a team that, that certainly is, is good enough to win three games in three days also. But I think Southern Illinois hit the wall a little bit. You know, even though they beat us at their place and we swept Bradley, I, I, I just think with the, the true freshmen that are playing major minutes for Southern Illinois, uh, I, I, I like that matchup a little bit better. And, and I, I think our guys would probably love the, the revenge opportunity to knock Bradley out in the semifinals. But, uh, for me, I, I just, I think I'd rather see the Salukis come uh, Saturday. Uh, that's that's after we we got to take care of business right. on Friday, guys. And and you know what? If we play Drake, that's back to back games against them. It favors them a little bit because it, when you have to play on Thursday night, guys, and you don't get done till eight fifteen and back to your hotel at nine and get something to eat. If they've already played us, you know, in their last game their prep is going to be a lot easier. They're going to know what they need to do. They're going to adjust a few things where, you know, if if it's Illinois State, we haven't played them in a while, and they're going to have to go to work right away and burn the midnight oil and get ready to to take on the Panther. So that's that's going to be an interesting one. You know, we we did sweep Drake. We split with Illinois State. But that that Drake ball club, I don't know. They they got some firepower. Uh, That that would be a tough one, too, I think, on Friday. But – Back to your question, to Saturday, I just think taking on Southern Illinois would, would be to our advantage. Finish up with this, Gary. Uh, saw a ton of Panther fans in the building at the Knapp Center on Saturday. How are people going to travel to the MVC tournament? I know it always kind of depends a little bit on the, how the team is doing. It's been a great team all season long. You expect a big, big crew of purple-clad Panther fans down in St. Louis this week? Absolutely, and, I, and TC, I think the, the the crowd, the showing that showed up at the Nap Center, tells you how excited Panther Nation is about this team. And and I, and the, the the University of Northern Iowa's biggest alumni basis is in Polk County, so with that, but that's as big a crowd as I've ever seen a Panther fan in the Nap Center. But I, again, I think that's a sign that how fired up people are. You know, that we've had some great runs in St. Louis. We've won that conference tournament. I think people want to be there and, and take that in if this team can get it done. So 
uh, yeah, I, I, I think we have, if not the largest, one of the largest fan bases that's going to show up in St. Louis. And the thing you'll see happen, we'll have a lot of fans there Friday at noon, win that game, and then watch the Panther crowd grow and the people drive in on Friday night after work or Saturday morning to take in that semifinal game. And, and I've already heard some people say, hey, I can't get there till Sunday, but if you're playing on Sunday, <laughs> right. I'm driving in. So I think we'll have a great following, guys. I really do. Gary, great stuff. Thank you. Enjoy St. Louis. Uh, a terrific win for the uh, team on Saturday and a terrific season overall. Gary, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Going to miss not seeing you guys there. Come down if you can get away. Get out of the the capital city there and come to St. Louis. It's it's a great time. I love it. It is a great time. Wish I could make it, Gary. Girls' State basketball has got me covered, but I'll be listening to you, no doubt. Thanks, Gary. See you, buddy. All right, brother. All right. Good to talk to you. Gary Reimer, the voice of the UNI Panthers. All right, Shelby Mast is next. What does he think of UNI's chances should they get knocked out on Saturday or Sunday? Boy, the brackets couldn't work. Most state playing very well right now. They're on the bottom. Loyola's on the bottom. Um, Indiana State is on the bottom. That's what you get if you were the one seed, right? That's right. And they earned it. We'll take a timeout. Shelby Mast is next. Miller and Condon till noon. Eric Heft at 11 on Iowa State. Wade Looking Bill at 1125 on Iowa. We're here till noon. It's 1460 KXNO on Facebook. Right to him, Shelby Mass, Gannett's Bracketologist, Bracketwag.com, Bracketwag.com. Shelby back for his weekly visit. Uh, and thanks for doing it as always, Shelby Mass, Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Good to speak with you. It's been a week since we've spoken. There's been carnage in the top 10, like, well, we're seeing on a weekly basis, quite honestly. Uh, but boy, this last weekend, there was a ton of it. Of all of the uh, carnage in the top 10, who did it hurt the most and who was uh, causing you to pay the closest attention to maybe making some adjustments in your bracket? Well, I have now locked in Providence and Virginia. Both of them had really impressive wins. Uh, as ugly as Virginia plays, it was a good win for them, and I think they are have done enough now. They're safely in. Providence, I caught a lot of flack for even considering them a couple of weeks ago, and I think there's no way they drop out now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke is on a little bit of a slide. They seem to stop that last night. Uh, <clears throat> everything else is just you know a few lines here or there, but those, are I think, are the biggest movers up and down. So you look at the top end of things, San Diego State 28 and 1, Kansas 26 and 3, same as Baylor and Gonzaga at 30 and 2. And you also have Dayton there at 27 and 2, all certainly in consideration for that number one seed. Out of the next tier, now it would take any of these teams, I think, winning out, winning their conference tournament, whatever's remaining in the regular season. But who do you think is in the best position to nab a number one seed out of that next group? From the Big East, Creighton, Seton Hall, Big Ten, Maryland, maybe a Villanova, Duke, Florida State. Out of that group, who could jump up there? They need some help certainly above them to drop down, but to nab the final maybe number one seed. I think Seton Hall and Maryland are the two that I'm keeping an eye on for that. Uh, they both got some losses, but they both got some really, really nice wins, multiple nice wins, which the committee loves. Uh, Seton Hall especially, lots of good road wins, uh, quad one road wins. I think they, if they can get to the finals of the Big East tournament, they don't necessarily have to win it, but I think if they got there, then they would be in contention. But I'm keeping an eye on Dayton. 
I really like that team, and I think they will be on the one line ahead of San Diego State if both win their conference tournament because I think Dayton would be playing tougher competition along the way, more so than San Diego State. We'll, we'll get to the Northern Iowa scenarios in a minute with you, Shelby. I want to ask you about Texas because this was a team that was you know, seemingly left for dead. That They quit, I thought. Trent thought the same thing uh, in West Virginia against Morgantown. Iowa State just blew them out uh, at Hilton, and Iowa State's either the 8th or ninth best team in the Big 12. Uh, but since then, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, this Texas team should Shaka Smart, who was seemingly had one foot out the door, I don't think he's going anywhere now. The Longhorns, you have them in the tournament. I'm a Texas fan, and I don't feel comfortable with that, but they have done a nice job of rebounding. They've got some nice wins over the past couple of weeks, winning at Texas Tech and then getting revenge on West Virginia. I I can't ignore them. I had them almost dead, but they're here, and there's nothing bad on their resume, but they've been blown out. Uh, in games they probably shouldn't have been blown out in. Uh, and they've got a couple of questionable losses. The, the At Iowa State's their worst metrically, uh, neutral against Georgetown, which a few weeks ago didn't look too bad, but it's looking worse. Georgetown's uh, pretty much done, I think. But it, it, Shaka, I think he had more than one foot out the door. I mean, the <laughs> yeah. fans, I was getting emails from multiple fans, you know, just ignore this team. They're not going anywhere. Forget about them. Uh, you know, we want Shaka gone. And, and I think there's still people that do want him gone. But it's going to be tough to get him out if he ends up making the tournament after the year they had. To the Big Ten, while Purdue needs wins because we know what you have to be basically at least two games above 500, at least if you look at historical trends, to get in as an at-large team. they got to pick up a victory maybe tonight against Iowa and then over the weekend before Big Ten tournament play. But the other team of the Big Ten I want to get your thoughts on is Rutgers. At the rack, they're really good. They might get another win tonight at the rack against Maryland, yet they have nothing on the road. How big of a demerit is that going to be if they don't get anything else? They lose in their first game of the Big Ten tournament, not having anything at all on the resume away from their home floor. Well, they've got that win in Nebraska. You're not counting that? <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not counting that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they've got one win away from home. Mm. Since 1994, the committee has not given an at-large bid to a team with fewer than three wins away from home. Wow. So you don't have to win a ton, but you've got to win at least three. Hmm. And I think if they can win tonight, that would be really, really big. That, that might be enough to get them in. But I think in the Big Ten tournament, that's away from home. Win two games, and you might be in the tournament. Uh, Shelby, let's get to Northern Iowa. They uh, outright to winners of the Missouri Valley Conference. The tournament, as you know, starts on Thursday night. They'll get the winner of the uh, 7-10 game, which... Or no, the 8-9 game. 8-9 game, um, which might be Drake, who they just beat this past weekend. So if they get beat on Saturday, are they in? Uh, if they get beat on Sunday, I mean, do either of those scenarios um, spell doom for the Panthers as far as uh, getting an at-large bid if they get knocked out on Saturday or in the final on Sunday? I think if they can get past that first game, because that would be the two... You're two of the worst teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Don't lose to either one of those. Don't lose Friday is what you're saying. Don't Yeah, don't lose Friday. Uh, on Saturday, if it's Bradley, that might be tolerable, uh, but try not to lose. Obviously, they're going to try to lose, but, you know, try to get that win. That's a, that's a good one there. Okay. Get to the finals, and if you're in the finals against Loyola, Chicago, or probably even Indiana State, and you lose that, I think they're going to get in. I think the rest of the bubble, the at-large contenders, have worse enough resumes 
that the, the committee is going to take a long, hard look at Northern Iowa, and it's going to be tough to keep them out. That win at Colorado, uh, even though Colorado's mm-hmm. kind of you know dipped a little bit yeah. recently, that's still a good win. They won a neutral game against South Carolina, which has a, it's you know, that's looking better and better as South Carolina has moved back up. Uh, you've got a few other quad two road wins, which are impressive. The committee will like those. But what they look at is the oppor- they know these schools don't get the opportunities that the big boys get. So what did you do with the opportunities you had? And in quad one and two games, they're five and three, and that's pretty good. Bel- Belmont got in last year, and they were three and two, I think. So if there, if it is a Bradley or a Loyola loss, would you put would, probably in Dayton? Would that where they would find themselves, Shelby? If they I, lose, I think, yeah, I think so. They might end up in Dayton, or if these other bubble teams uh, just continue to fall apart and mm-hmm. not do anything to help themselves, then by you know default, they may just back into where they're not in Dayton. You know, if there's enough where the committee's just like, good grief, we've got to pick four more teams, then I think Northern Iowa might be out of that situation. But at least you're in the tournament if you are in date. Iowa finishes up Purdue tonight at Illinois and then the Big Ten tournament. If they win both games, a great chance of having a double bye and a top-four seed in the Big Ten tournament. In terms of their path, what, how high can Iowa do, short of winning the Big Ten tournament title, but let's say they make a run, get into the semifinals and lose there, and win these last two games. How high can the Hawkeyes go in the NCAA tournament bracket? Uh, in that situation, it would be awfully hard for me to keep them off the four line. Okay. Uh, if they got to the finals, you're talking maybe three lines. Wow. So those three mm-hmm. and four teams, some of them have really, they're, they're, they're shaky. They're playing well, some of them are, but I'm not sold on them being where I have some of them now. Auburn is the main one I'm looking at. And they're a good team, no doubt about it, but there's just not a whole lot of meat on their resume whereas Iowa has a ton of good wins. And I could see them flip-flopping and Auburn being the five uh, on the five line and Iowa on the four. Hmm. Uh, last thing, Baylor, uh, a nice overtime win last night. Texas Tech is one of those scary th- teams, I think, that's going to you know, find themselves in the, somewhere in the 8-9-10 range, I would think, when uh, on Selection Sunday. Scary team. But Mark Vidal didn't play in the game, and Tristan Clark, who's been injured throughout the entire season, he never got, well, he played some games, obviously, but he's not the same dude. He was in street clothes. But Vidal being out, let's say that Baylor does have another, you know, they get knocked out early in the Big 12 tournament, let's say. Uh, are they in jeopardy of losing their one? You, right now, they're your second overall one seed. Uh, what would they have to do to get dropped to the two? I think if they lose three in a row, lose, or, well, two in a row now, lose their next game, your last regular season game, and, and then uh, first round of the tournament, that might be enough. Dayton would need to step up. Uh, I think they will. But that's an opportunity for Seton Hall. If they win the Big East tournament, they might scoot up ahead of Baylor. But I think Baylor has done enough that it's going to be hard to get them off that one line. Good stuff, Shelby. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Shelby MassBracketWag.com. The bracket is up. The new bracket daily by 6 a.m. our time. Shelby, thank you. You bet, guys. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Shelby Mass, BracketWag.com. Gannett's Bracketologist. Eric Heft, color analyst, Iowa State, will preview the home finale tonight for the Cyclones. Wade Looking Bill, 25 minutes. Likewise with the Hawks as they bring the curtain down on Carver Hawkeye. Miller and Condon until noon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.